0: This podcast is brought to you by the Alamac and Scientific Canada. It was recorded on the traditional territories shared between the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe nations. Enjoy! I feel like I just butchered that again, even though we (laughs) We just had the conversation.
1: My research on... Uh, light adaptation in the, in the fish right now.
0: I'm sitting in a kiddie pool, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite nice. <laughs> oh, that would be great. But it's oh, uh, not very professional. Previously on Random Walk, you are going to uh, ComSciCon Canada, or not really traveling to it, but you're going to be attending it virtually.
1: I will be probably attending it from right here in Edmonton, Alberta. I was working at the U of A finishing up my PhD. I just convocated last Friday, so that was interesting. That was virtual too. Uh, Yeah, so what I was studying during my PhD was the fabrication and design of atomic-scale electronics for ultra-low power computing, high-density memory storage, things like that.
0: Okay, Is, uh, is the image behind you an experimental image
1: of some sort? Yes, I made that. So each one of these dots are hydrogen atoms. And then the uh, big dot there is where we remove the hydrogen atom to leave behind what's known as the quantum dot. So that can store up to two electrons. And then we can start to pattern these structures from these quantum dots. Uh, no, I would I would definitely consider it as a career. Okay, uh, okay. No, I, I like science quite a bit. But I also found over the last couple of years especially with some of the opportunities that I've had to sort of do Home, uh, that I could really see myself doing it as a career. My uh, partner shared with me some guy who was trying to start a global science show uh, just sort of during the pandemic to introduce people around the world to different types of science. So I started uh, joining in on that, making what I call 90 seconds of nanoscience videos. Uh, so I think I have three or four. There's a new one coming this Friday. Okay, cool. So I've had a lot of fun with that, just trying to take uh, interesting topics in physics and breaking them down into very simple 90-second chunks. I had, I had a really cool opportunity also in 2016. Um, you know Jay Ingram? Oh, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, he contacted my supervisor with a, a problem that he wanted like to discuss and solve about how many times you could fold a piece of paper. Okay. But my supervisor was too busy Uh, So he asked the grad students, like, hey, guys, like, this is Jay, um, can you help him? And I was like, of course, like, I grew up watching this guy on TV. So I I wrote up a a little piece about how many times you could fold a piece of paper, what the theoretical limit would be. And he actually blended that into um, one of the chapters of his book. And so my name appears in there. It's like, Roshan took this formula and um, blah, blah, blah. With the number 18 or how many times we could fold like a single atom sheet I a bunch of my friends are having babies in the next little while or have had babies and I thought oh it'd be kind of cool to write them a children's book so I'd actually started a project uh, four or five months ago doing that and I hadn't come back to it and her email made me think like oh actually I could I could use that so I wrote three short children's stories um for the sci writing piece
0: that's so cool.
1: So, they're each like 200 ish words and like little rhymes. One is about organelles in a cell. Okay. Uh, one is about photons, like how fast they go. And the other one is about acids and bases. So, That's one for sweet. And physics.
0: So, major takeaways. Uh, I guess it's been a couple weeks now, or two weeks yeah. or so, so since, uh, since the thing. Um, so, you what, can say
1: what, the acronym. <laughs>
0: Compsicon can can twenty twenty. It's a long one. It's uh, yeah. getting it all in the right order is kind of tough. Um, yeah. So yeah, you you've probably had some time to let it uh, you know stew and any any major takeaways, anything that uh, really struck you.
1: Ah, um, you know, honestly, I thought all things considered, it was a pretty good virtual conference um you know i think like everyone i was a little disappointed that we couldn't all meet in person and interact sort of but that uh that remo system that they were using like virtual tables and everything was really good and there was still a fair bit of like participant interaction
0: yeah i was surprised with remo um i didn't really know what to expect i was hoping it wasn't going to be like a a little avatar situation of like walking around a virtual table it, it was a lot more natural than that and you actually got to use yeah. your own video honestly i
1: i was impressed like it's no substitute for the real thing but as far as like compared to zoom or google Meet or something like way better forum for a conference
0: yeah how did you feel about interacting with uh, speakers through that uh the, the remo
1: uh well like with the question raise your hand sort of thing yeah it was pretty good i think um it was a little unfortunate with, like, the the voting system for questions because if you asked a good question late, it just didn't have enough time to... Oh, yeah, that's true. You. So um, as long as you kind of people got the feel for that and asked their questions right away, then I think it worked pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I guess it makes sense uh, yeah. with, a like, a smaller cohort, kind of like what we had or smaller, you might be able to, to still have your questions seen. But uh, I guess it wouldn't really work if you had, like,
1: 300 people or something. Yeah, yeah. You'd, yeah, you'd really need that like everyone asks right away and then people vote.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes it a little tough. Um, right, so so there's a bunch of concurrent sessions. Um what um what sessions stuck out to you as uh as particularly good? Did you
1: I, I really liked the um sort of science journalism panel. That was really interesting. And the one with
0: um who was that one with? That was with the uh, cardiologist guy. Yeah,
1: a cardiologist guy, a couple of professors, um, one of the artists, uh, one of the ladies who was an artist. They, uh, yeah, no, they they provided kind of a really nice broad perspective on uh, various aspects of science journalism, science communication.
0: Yeah, they seemed like a, a pretty well selected group in that they they sort of covered a couple different. Uh, areas and also like levels of engagement like um yeah i think his name was chris or something i remember him thinking he was sort of on the the outside of science communication and that it definitely wasn't his day job it was just a passion project type situation for him he's not making a lot of money off of it which he reminded us often
1: yes he did
0: uh so (laughs) his his experience was completely different from some of the other women who were on the panel and it was interesting yeah. to see them sort of interact.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those situations where if you're able to support yourself on say a cardiologist's salary, it's it's okay to do unpaid psychom work. But mm-hmm. in general, I, I definitely agree with the other panelists that you should be getting paid in some capacity or you know, like time isn't free.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it can but, be a, a labor of love all you like, but uh you know, if you're spending tons and tons of time doing it, you got to get something out of it.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the other session I was in was like the social media for scientists, things like that. And so I was able to just ask uh, sort of the question about social media fatigue, things like that. Because that's right, right, what I right. about with these bigger accounts all the time. It's like, I get tired of posting like five things in a month. I can't <laughs> imagine posting five things in a day every day.
0: Right. That was with uh, Samantha Yamin. Science Sam. Yeah. She, she definitely has a lot of experience with that. Uh, yeah. Have you, were you following her before? Did you know anything about her before?
1: No, no. That was the first time I had come across her, but I I guess she's quite popular.
0: Yeah. She started off, um, mostly talking about her own research, but during the COVID stuff, um, really did a, a pivot and started providing some really good information along those lines and, uh, sort of carved out a niche in, in that she was like really on it really early. And, uh, yeah
1: yeah she seemed like she really knew what she was doing
0: yeah it was cool to have her um did that change your thoughts on how you're going to engage with social media at all are you gonna uh
1: not not so much uh because that session was mostly focused on instagram Mm -hmm.
0: but
1: i think i made an instagram a while back and i have zero people yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know i i can't i don't have time to juggle like a billion social media platforms so. Mhm. I mean, of, yeah. I saw but, like it is clearly very useful for engaging very different um demographics in science. So that's that's really cool that she does it the way she does.
0: Yeah. The my, my major takeaway, maybe this is just because of her specific experience, but uh maybe a lot of her tips weren't exactly transferable to people who just sort of use social media not like a, a full-time job. Her stuff was definitely like all the time. Instagram, my major, you know, out, creative output or whatever is, is on social media. Yeah. So if you're going to make like Instagram or Twitter, your, your full-time sci job, there was a lot of really useful stuff, but.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, 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 more of a casual, like I want to engage an audience from time to time. Certainly not probably the best place to start.
0: Yeah. But I, I guess it, if that's the case, then you probably don't need a lot of you know professional tips. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, like for some people though, I think they were looking to like maybe get into it more lightly and then see if it could turn into more of a full-time thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely worth considering. It seems like a pretty good way to, to reach people. Mm-hmm. Did you notice how many uh, professionals on different panels mentioned TikTok and like trying yeah. to get involved in TikTok? <laughs>
1: That was that was hilarious because I I don't know, I turned out not many people are familiar with the controversy surrounding TikTok. I'm like, I, I don't really want to join TikTok. And they're like, no, TikTok's great. The kids love it. I'm like, I'm sure TikTok's about to get banned.
0: Yeah, that's like the big thing right now. Like, is it going to be around next month or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know.
1: I think that was just a very, like, generational divide <laughs> in, like, fear. Pure- over, I I don't know, I don't want to put an age to this because, you know, this is going on YouTube, but <laughs> if you're over a particular age and less familiar with the internet, I was like, oh, TikTok's great, the kids are talking about it and then everyone else is like, I think TikTok might be evil.
0: Yeah, um, I, I was thinking about TikTok and I'm only, I think I'm right on the cusp of that uh, that age line that you, <laughs> you're you referring to and that uh, I still kind of refer to them as vines and I
1: Oh, wow, yeah, you're definitely here. Aging yeah. on that one.
0: I don't know. I, they're fine. They're fine. I'm I'm kinda glad there isn't another thing for me to, to think about though. Yeah.
1: And apparently Instagram's doing TikTok style videos now in sort of a take up the market once TikTok is gone type competition.
0: Yeah, I gotta take a look at that. Uh the Instagram TV thing was, was fairly new to me, even though that's been around for a while, where you can have these like long form video stories. Hmm. But uh yeah, what are these reels or something like that? They're, yeah. they're trying to, to simulate the TikTok formula. I see yeah. no reason why they. I mean, they, they took all of the, the ideas from Snapchat for their yeah. stories and stuff. are
1: Snapchat, yeah. <laughs> all Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I guess it's the same company. But yeah, just, yeah. here's a story.
0: Yeah, why not just keep adding stuff onto uh, to Instagram? Yeah, seems <laughs> like a good plan. I'm gonna put my stock options into Instagram. I think that's the, the way to go. Yeah. I'm selling out of TikTok. I'm buying into Instagram.
1: I <laughs> will uh, be one of the first viewers of your video. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, so any any other panels that stuck out to you? Uh, we covered the social media one and uh, a little bit of the the wide world of SciComm panel.
1: I really enjoyed the uh, expert review session. I don't know how you felt about yours, but... The the lady that was working with us, Shelly, was actually, like, really helpful.
0: Yeah, tell me about that. So uh, you were in a group of four or five people, um, and who was your
1: expert reviewer? Uh, Shelly, I'm forgetting her last name now, Weart, I think. Um, So she she was really interesting in that she didn't have um, a huge actual science background, but she Mm -hmm. was uh, bringing more of a, like, communication perspective to it, and so I think it was Kind of a good fit in the sense that you really need to be able to explain your piece to her with okay. a very minimal science background. And if she got it, then I think you're on the right track.
0: Interesting. So, like a very much like a pitching to the editor of like a New York Times or whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, and she she was super nice, super uh, positive with everyone's pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, provided helpful feedback, of which was one of was joined TikTok. <laughs>
0: so so you prepared a uh, a written piece right you yeah. we, we talked a little bit about that what um what kind of feedback did uh, she provide for you
1: what, <laughs> um so you i wrote put it on uh, tiktok <laughs> yeah i wrote three children's stories um one for bio physics and chemistry and uh the main feedback was basically that she really really liked how it was structured um and then she knew a woman who just got a book published and then she put me in touch with her recently so cool, uh, basically okay. uh, she read it to her daughters um, and they liked it so you know the more exposure this got it, it seemed like people were really engaging with these works and I, I felt pretty happy with that I mean I put some time into them and I only had scientists reading them so having this completely kind of independent of me independent of science review committee look at it and be like oh that's that's actually pretty like good it yeah was, that's uh, awesome yeah so one day maybe they'll be in print somewhere. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think being online this year helped any people from uh, different parts of Canada get to the actual conference? Like, do
1: you,
0: did you get a sense or did you talk to anybody that uh, had any experience like that?
1: Uh, no, I don't think that really came up in the sense, I, I guess because the premise of this whole conference was that your flights would be covered to Toronto. So aside from any sort of issue with flying that a person had, I think most people expect it to be local with everyone. Right. Uh, But if it was sort of a, this cost falls to you type situation, then I think it would be a lot more difficult for someone coming from the Northwest Territories or kind of rural Alberta or somewhere to... Yeah,
0: I guess that sort of opens the door to having more of these smaller localized or... um yeah. you know, foot in the door style um, conferences, not these like massive ones that have tons of funding. You can probably just put more on if yeah. if there is demand.
1: The part I think, like, I, you can you can tell me how you felt about it, maybe, but I, I mean, sitting in your room for five or six hours at a time wasn't like the best thing to happen.
0: Yeah, um, I realized. So I, I recently bought a pair of Bluetooth uh, headphones. Yeah, just for like running and stuff, and I. Was so happy I had those because uh, during the conference I could sort of pace around or like go to the kitchen and, and work on something and, and not really miss out on anything. But uh,
1: that's pretty good, yeah.
0: But still, like not being able to go outside that that whole afternoon or whatever is uh, it is strenuous. It's it's not like uh, just laying in bed all day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people don't have like the best chairs too. Like I know my back was killing me by the end of the first day. I'm like. Yeah, but I mean I guess that's just the reality of like it's not necessarily like conference halls. are nicer You just have more of a chance to walk around
0: Yeah, I feel like those are also a bit of uh, growing pain certainly like if I had more time to set up my apartment for like a at-home work experience I probably could figure yeah. something better out. I was on the couch most of the time and sometimes on the floor oh, That was yeah. my, uh, <laughs> yeah. my situation.
1: Yeah, I was lucky like I I have two monitors, like the main laptop monitor and a second monitor. So that that helped a lot. Just being able to put the um like panelists or whatever on the top screen and still have space to work.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's a pretty good uh pro tip or whatever. Uh either have a second monitor or um I was using a Chromebook for um a lot of uh, like my correspondence type stuff and yeah. my actual laptop to do the uh, the heavy lifting of video and whatever. But yeah, having a another screen that you can kind of engage while the other, you know, your first screen sort of takes over the
1: yeah, audio it was, video. Yeah, it was pretty involved having that there. You kind of want to make it full screen and just size of the text and everything. I don't think people have quite worked out the ins and outs of a particular platform for sizing your own slides.
0: Yeah, I guess that was a little bit of a, a difficulty. It's, I forget, did you, did you do a poster?
1: Or? I did not do a poster.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, one of the I things know, that... I, I
1: yeah
0: yeah i found it a little difficult to uh to do a poster in that situation because uh i wanted to be able to see everyone's faces but i had to also screen share to some extent Uh oh yeah and then i was flipping through slides and uh yeah it was a little bit confusing um but i don't know poster session i could take or leave
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it was like a nice idea i think like if I were to redo it, I would have put like a speed networking session or something instead where it's like people rotated between tables for like two minutes at a time. Oh just, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, just to get a chance to know everyone. Like I, I'm i sure there's like 10 or 15 people. I just never had a chance to even see their face.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, have you stayed in contact or are you still on the, the Slack channel? Did you yeah. find the everybody else on Twitter, et cetera?
1: Yeah, most people. Um, I think a few people that uh, didn't have Twitter or something yet but like a couple of people added me on LinkedIn and
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: things like that so yeah I mean I think my follower count just went like on Twitter <laughs> which is, is kind of nice and I followed yeah. everybody back.
0: the new the old hockey stick growth yep. stuff. but then,
1: then it plateaus again and you're like oh well
0: <laughs> I'll need another conference to uh... yep.
1: No, it's been great though. Like uh since uh following all these other people, the amount of cool things that have appeared on my Twitter feed has been
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um I got to say like just scrolling through the Twitter feed is one of my favorite little uh diversions from work. You get to see some You know, yeah. if you're following the right people, you get to see so much cool uh cool stuff. So uh so has this inspired you to you know, focus on anything in particular or start any sort of projects or, you know, double down on any projects, Um, anything actionable that uh, you're taking away from all this?
1: Yeah, um, I really, based on all the feedback I got and sort of the positive pressure, I I really want to try and get the written pieces published in some way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then maybe try and write a couple more. Came up with, well, it's not really the new phrase, but Schrodinger's Cat in the Hat would be a great children's (laughs) book. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i like that i'm into that
1: someone someone I, I googled it yesterday to see if someone had done it and um there's a couple pictures of schrodinger's cat in a hat that people put on a t-shirt but no actual book
0: okay yeah. that sounds like the kind of thing you would maybe see as like a halloween costume on the big bang theory but uh flesh out the whole story i'm i'm down that sounds good
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. i figure you know like physicists the very small market that we are might be into that <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, we'll, see,
1: we'll see where that goes. I mean, if I can write like seven short books for kids with like fun tongue-in-cheek things. Um, but, yeah, that would be great.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Get those, Uh, what are those, like those golden-spined children's books. Get some oh, of those yeah, going. Yeah. Get into the classics.
1: Man, that would be, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> now to children's author, Dr. Ochoa.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. Was,
0: doc- was Dr. Seuss an actual doctor?
1: I think he was. Okay. Uh, although I, my doctor's knowledge is pretty minimal. Yeah. I'm told he also didn't like children that much.
0: <laughs> I'll speak to children through text. I will yeah. not see them. I will not hear them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, in the time of coronavirus, it's maybe the best way to go.
0: Yeah, the uh, written word is coming back. <laughs> I like this guy. I'm, li- I'm liking him more and more.
1: Yeah. Doctor, doesn't like interaction. you know. Yeah. Really he, must, he, of children's
0: <laughs> he must have been a physicist that sounds yeah. sounds totally right cool well um any any other sort of takeaways that uh, we didn't touch on that
1: um no not not that i can think of i i was just um happy with all the resources that you know there was a bunch of links being shared around of like you can write here um, might get picked up there like i saw you got an article picked up uh, that's pretty great.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I had written that uh, a couple months ago with uh, Massive, and I had no idea that they had um, what do they call that? Syndicated it to oh, Salon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess it. Uh, I guess that's one of the things you sign up for with Massive is uh, they will try to pitch articles that they publish to other, you know, get it published yeah. in other places. But
1: uh, that was I, I liked. I liked that write up about the whole March meeting debacle. Turning it positive.
0: Yeah. It. Uh, did you know anybody who ended up in Denver?
1: Oh yeah, no. Someone from my lab went. Uh, a couple of my friends went. Uh, like literally, I think they canceled it like Sunday night or, or Monday morning or I forget what day it was, but like he was literally on the airplane there, landed, and they're like oh sorry, conference is canceled. Um, someone else here was like uh, about to leave. And he was at the airport and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go anyways and got on the plane and went to Denver and like still had his like vacation side of it.
0: Huh. I, I had that uh, that serious thought. So I remember seeing the the cancellation message like less than 12 hours before I was going to board the plane. I was like, I could just get on this plane. Like the tickets aren't going to get refunded. Yeah. Uh, hindsight, glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: apparently the flights home were nuts. Just like coronavirus panic, people oh. were packed onto the buses in the like uh, Colorado tarmac, I think, of just like you know, no, no real like social distancing at that time yet because people just it was so new.
0: Yeah, that wasn't even a, really a concept, I don't think, at that no, point.
1: No, no. So uh, people were, you know, they were like weary of flying, but at the same time, there was no safety precautions, and everyone was just trying to like get out of the country. Yeah. So, yeah, very, and then varying degrees of who got refunded or not. Uh, True, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, it, I think it, it led to some good changes in sort of how it is possible to deliver virtual content. Mm-hmm. But Mm-hmm. Like potentially just even like simultaneous to an in-person conference, like having an actual real well set up networking ability. Yeah,
0: I think uh, the real power is going to come in the simultaneous conferences once all of this is sort of worked out. And yeah. maybe that looks like, um, you know, having somebody, you know, on a computer sort of representing a couple of the uh, the people who are signing in virtually or something like that so that yeah. they can, you know, ask questions live in a, in a sense. Not sure exactly how that's going to look, but uh, I think at least in academia, we've really, you know, pulled together and, and found some pretty creative, nice solutions to some of these problems so yeah. that no, we'll make it all thing. very equitable.
1: Well, especially. Yeah. Depending on like, I, I think you were talking about the first time you went for a conference in that article that it came directly out of pocket. I remember like the first time I went to a conference, I had to phone the credit card company and be like, can I have a credit <laughs> limit increase please? And they're like, Oh, you're a student. Okay. Like we can lift it up this much. I'm like, yeah, okay, that'll do it. And then yeah, I was okay. able to like get the tickets, get the hotel. But then by the time you get reimbursed it's like a 3 month ordeal.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, my my supervisor's always been good with that stuff, but I have seen some like nightmare stories of months and months of interest accruing and often they they won't cover that and
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that that system is pretty rough, especially if you're just kind of starting out and don't have any type of like reserve fund
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's not all glitz and glamour. I got to tell you, <laughs> life of a life grad student it can be hard.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, early in that article, like at the beginning, I I wrote something about like uh, sharing a bed or something with lab mates, and the yeah. the person who was reviewing it is like, "Did you mean sharing a room?" I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I could change that though if it's distracting." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, you're not the only person I know that's had to share a bed for conferences.
0: Yeah, I—I uh, I mean, I grew up playing sports and stuff, so I've shared many a bed with many a <laughs> many a co-worker. So it's
1: fine. Yeah, as long as you're both consenting, it's it's fine. Yeah, you don't really want to spring that on someone. Be like, oh, only one bed.
0: <laughs> All six of us. It'll be like uh, Willy Wonka or whatever, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. <laughs>
1: The last APS I know there was a house of like eight eight or ten theoretical physicists I couldn't even imagine what was going on in there oh maybe like I want to get out of this house I'm like no my lab and I we're gonna get a slightly smaller slightly less theoretical accommodation
0: <laughs> yeah would that end up being like a frat party or like a land party like what what vibe do you think we're we're getting there
1: yeah, I think it really depends. I think I think most people just kind of kept to themselves.
0: Yeah. I certainly find when I'm away on conferences like that, uh, at the end of the day, I kind of just want to, you know, hide, <laughs> sit yeah. in the, well, the hot tub APS. or something.
1: APS is so big that you kind of, it's exhausting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, this experience, this uh, weekend experience has shown me that uh, it doesn't really matter what you do, interacting that much with people, it's going to be exhausting. I, yeah. I was still tired by the end of it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Just a different kind of tired, I guess.
1: It's just, you, you really have to be, especially when it's not people you've ever met before, you kind of have to be much more on. And I think that would be quite draining.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Did you uh, come up with any techniques for disappearing out of uh, <laughs> digital conversations? <laughs> No.
1: <laughs> okay. Luckily, I didn't have to. Uh, most of those conversations were really good. Yeah. And then you just get cut off when the virtual limousine arrived.
0: Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. All those, uh, yeah, when you're at your table and then the overarching conference, you know, organizers want to speak to everybody, uh, yeah. everyone's conversation gets cut off with basically no warning. Yep. Just
1: mid-sentence, the limousine is here. you like, Oh. That was a
0: nice touch, the, uh, the little flavor added with the limousine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for for being on uh, here. Uh, uh, end cap on the conference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be yeah. useful for somebody else uh, yeah. down the road. So. If you like this, you can find more at ScientificCanada.ca. We're on YouTube and any streaming service that you'd like to listen to us on. Thanks again to Dr. Roshan Achal for being on the show. And thanks to Booney at boonie.rocks for the intro music. That's it for this week. See you next week.